Football fans, this is Jeff Power, senior writer from Real Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real Time Fantasy Sports podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined once again by Curtis Guzman of Real Time Fantasy Sports. He's a coworker of mine, and we're going to help you get ready for week 13 of the NFL season. We're going to go over all the hot, cold, and sleeper plays for the week, and we're also going to do something a little different. We're going to answer our reader and listener emails. We get lots of questions on a weekly basis, and we're going to answer some of those questions live on the podcast. Before I get to that, I did want to tell you that we're doing a contest for this week only. It's called the Super Shootout. We did a turkey shootout. We did that on Thanksgiving. It was a chance to pick a lineup of any players from the Thanksgiving Day games and a chance to win money, and we pay back 100%. So this contest we're going to do again this week because the last one sold out so quickly A lot of our users did not get a chance to participate, so this is called the Super Shootout. Go to rtsports.com and click on the Super Shootout link at the top of the page and sign up for the the contest today. It costs $10. We pay out over 30 spots, so it's a great contest. You can get in today. You can pick a lineup from a select number of games, and if you have the best lineup out of those games, you're going to win some cash money at Real Time Fantasy Sports. So again, go to Real Time Fantasy Sports, rtsports.com and sign up for the Super Shootout today. And now, here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined now by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports once again. Curtis, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. No problem. It's going to be here. It's uh, playoffs one more now for Fantasy Leagues. Yeah, we're getting a crunch time here, Curtis. We're week 13, a couple weeks left in the regular season. Some of the Major contest leagues have already started start their playoffs this week, so a lot of uh, questions from owners this week. So we're going to do something a little different in this week's podcast. We're going to answer some of the emails that we get. We get lots of them and Twitter uh, tweets as well. So we're going to answer some of those in this podcast, and hopefully it helps you listeners out there. So before I get to that, though, Curtis, I just wanted to talk about maybe the hot topic of the week, which is Leonard Fournette. Guy comes off the bench last week, gets in a fight, gets ejected. They ended up suspending him for this week's game. Can you just can we just talk about this just a little bit? Just maybe the fantasy impact this is going to have on a lot of teams. Yeah, uh, that's a big blow. Uh, tempers were definitely flaring high in that game. I'm surprised there wasn't maybe a potential one or two more other suspensions, but. Um, I mean, Fournette was kind of everything owners had hoped for when he returned from the injury. He was averaging over 25 points a game. So um, to have him out this week, you know, whether you're making a run for the playoffs or your playoffs already started, that that definitely hurts. Um, you know, out of the two other Jacksonville running backs, TJ Yeldon and Carlos Hyde, uh, personally favor Yeldon just a little more. I think, you know, he's just more well-rounded, gets the receiving looks out of the backfield and, you know, even on the ground, he's actually been slightly more effective than, than Carlos Hyde. So, um, I like TJ Yeldon more, but yeah, it's a big blow definitely for fantasy owners to have Fournette out. Yeah, I don't like either of them this week, to be honest with you. I, I think I'd probably like to yell a little more if he catches the ball, but I'm just not big on either of those guys. Uh, so I might just avoid it personally, especially since there's no bye weeks to contend with this week. So, those are my thoughts on the situation. So let's talk about week uh, 13 before we get into the questions, the mailbag here. Uh, how about some waiver wire options for our fantasy teams? Anybody out there you like on waivers? 
Yeah, uh, Randall Cobb's out there, and I believe right around 50% of leagues right now. Um, he's missed the past three games with a hamstring injury, but uh, seems to be on track to return this week. Um, you know, any receiver not named Devonta Adams on the Packers has been pretty uninspiring so far. So I think to have Cobb back, you know, for Rodgers to have that kind of safety valve underneath, you know, Cobb's proven very effective in that role when healthy. So I think that's at least worth a waiver look, you know, uh, while extra depth on your roster. And then um, Naheem Hines, the running back for the Colts, could be another um, possible pickup, you know, handcuffing, especially if you have Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's going through a concussion protocol right now, so it's a little iffy on if he'll be able to uh, play this week or not. So if Mack wasn't able to go, Hines, I think, would definitely be the biggest beneficiary in that and um, seems to be the clear number two back going forward for the Colts. Yeah, Hines got dropped in a lot of leagues uh, in recent weeks because of the emergence of Max, so he's out there in a lot of leagues. I like that pickup. A couple options for me. I'll give you two receivers, Curtis. Uh, I like David Moore with Seattle. He had his first 100-yard game of the season last week. He's getting a little more work in that offense. He has four receptions, three or five games. So he's a little bit of a boomer bust play. He's kind of a big play threat. He's a good red zone target. That team's playing well. I think he has a pretty high ceiling, so I think he's a good grab for fantasy teams and maybe a good streaming option down the stretch. Another guy I like is Adam Humphreys with Tampa. Seems it's been kind of a slow build for him. I mean, he's been getting it done in recent weeks. Just hasn't been picked up in many leagues, though, which is kind of surprising to me. But he's getting picked up in more and more leagues now and deserves that. He scored his second straight. He had his second straight game with a touchdown last week, and he has scores three of four, which is a little surprising because he's kind of a red zone. I mean, kind of a more of a slot receiver, not a red zone target. But he gets his catches, and he gets some yards, too. He has 50-plus 50, 50 yards, five straight games. So I like him in that pass-first offense. He's a favorite target of James Winston starting now. and So I'd go get him if you need some receiver help. He has good potential, especially in PPR formats. Now, Curtis, how about some hot plays for this week? Anybody you think is a must-start for fantasy teams? Yeah, the first uh, hot play I would be Saints wide receiver Michael Tom Thomas, and that's probably pretty obvious to a lot of fantasy over owners. But he is coming off of kind of quiet week, you know, off the Thanksgiving game, and he's coming into a tough matchup against the Cowboys. So um, maybe that gives some fantasy owners pause, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, looking at last week's game, the Saints had that game under control pretty early, so there wasn't just a lot of need to use Thomas. You know, they were definitely trying to run the on the ball at that point. Um, I expect the Cowboys to put up more of a fight this week, so I, I think Thomas kind of gets back to his average and, and you know goes up to number one receiver status again. And then another guy I like is Broncos running back Phil Lindsay. Um At this point, there's really no competition for Morris Freeman anymore. Uh, he's kind of taken the number one back role by the reins, and you know three down back, he can contribute in the passing games. Coming off the season high in rushing yards, 110 last week. And he's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. So um, he's just he's done really well this season, probably one of the bigger fantasy surprises, and he has a great matchup this week against the Mangles defense. He's a lot of the second most points to fantasy running backs this season, so a great matchup. Yeah, I was one of those disappointed Michael Thomas owners last week. Unfortunately, his poor showing probably cost me one of my games. But hope you're right, and I hope he gets back to his big ways this week. couple hot plays for me, Curtis. I like DJ Moore with... Uh, Carolina, the rookie receiver, he's really come on of late. He's emerged as that number one target. He has 15 catches for 248 yards and a touchdown his last two games. 
He was targeted a season high nine times last week, so he's getting the looks. He's a playmaker, maybe not the biggest target in the world, but he makes plays, makes the big play, also gets chances to run the ball, and he plays Tampa this week. They allow the third most fantasy points to receivers, and they rank 27th overall against the pass. So I like Morgan for a big showing in this one. Another hot play for me, I'll give you a running back this time, Aaron Jones. Finally getting to work, took some time from the stubborn Mike McCarthy to finally insert him as that number one back in Green Bay. But he's the number one back now. He's getting to work. He has touchdowns three straight in four or five games. He has at least 85 total yards, all five of those last five games. So he's he's putting up the production, getting the chances finally, and he's doing a great job fantasy teams. He plays the Cardinals this week. This is a team that allows the fourth most fantasy points to running back. So I think Jones is going to have a big showing in this one. On the flip side, Curtis, how about a couple of cold plays? Anybody you're avoiding in week 13? Uh, yeah, Jags wide receiver D.D. Westbrook. Um, he's more or less been the clear number one receiver for Jacksonville this season, but he just hasn't been able to put a strong stretch of games together. He's been very up and down. Um, there's a lot of changes going on in Jacksonville right now. They have a new play caller this week. Uh, Blake Bortles is benched. Cody Kessler inserted into the starting quarterback role. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I'm just trying to get on the same page and get familiar with, you know, some changes in that offense. And then not a great matchup either. They're playing the Colts this week. Colts have lost the seventh U.S. fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So I'm still clear of Westbrook. I mean, he's probably typically no more than a flex play week to week, but this week altogether, I think I'll leave him on your bench. And then another guy that might be a little surprising is quarterback Matt Ryan. Um, great season overall, third in quarterback scoring for standard leagues right now, but I'm um, just a little worried about the matchup. Um, Baltimore Ravens this week, they allowed a few, uh, fourth fewest points to opposing running back or quarterbacks, um, and the Ravens are going to bring a heavy dose of that run game, obviously, with Lamar Jackson still getting the start. So, um, that could definitely keep Ryan on the sidelines more often than not. Um, Falcons have cooled a little bit of late, you know, failing to crack over 20 points in each of their past two games, three-game losing skid. So it depends on the options you have in your league. Um, you know, if there's not a lot of other options out there, I can see you still leaving Ryan in. But there are some intriguing streaming options right now, such as Lamar Jackson or Case Keenum or something like that. So if you have some other good options available, then I would maybe lean towards that. So for me, I'm not big on James White this week. This guy was a top 10 fantasy back probably most of the first half of the season, finding the end zone on a regular basis, getting his catches. But Sonny Michelle's backs cut into White's playing time a little bit, and White had a season-low one catch last week. That's his bread and butter, getting those catches in the passing game. But he hasn't been getting them of late. He also has failed to score a touchdown two straight as well. He's been a top red zone play for that team in the early going, but he's not finding the end zone right now. And also Rex Burkhead's back, so that's another back in the mix for New England, so that could cut into White's playing time as well. And White plays the Vikings, a team that's fourth against the run. They allow the seventh fewest fantasy points to running back, so I might temper my expectations for White this week. Another one that I'm not high on this week is Browns receiver Jarvis Landry. Browns offense is clicking, making plays. Baker Mayfield looks great, but Landry's just not doing much, which is a surprise to me. Uh, because I really had high hopes for him this year, but he hasn't been great. He has just five receptions for 52 yards his last two games. Also, has not top 50 yards in a game, four straight games. So he's a little bit of a hard guy to trust right now, fantasy owners, especially this week against Houston. Houston's a team that allows the seventh fewest fantasy points to receivers. So 
I think it could be time to bench Landry. So how about a couple sleepers, Kurt? Is anybody maybe flying under the radar you think could have a big week in week 13? Yeah, I think uh, 49ers running back, Matt Breida, um, still maybe not getting quite the respect he deserves. I know he's been um, banged up a lot this season, but when he's healthy, I mean, he is a solid uh, option to use. He has back-to-back games with over 130 scrimmage yards. Uh, there's no competition in the backfield for the 49ers really at this point. Alfred Morris is more or less than phased out, and Jeff Wilson, um, kind of a hot commodity or hot name that popped up, but he really just seems to be kind of in there to spell Brito when he gets tired. So uh, they faced Seattle this week. Um, you know, Seattle has a blow average run defense, so I like him in that matchup. And then another running back, actually, is Bill's running back, Sean McCoy. Um, he had a tough matchup last week against the Jags style run defense, but um, gets a lot better uh, opportunity this week against the Dolphins. Dolphins allowed the fifth most points to running backs this season. So Bills overall, they just seem to be showing some signs of life. Uh, quarterback Josh Allen returned um, and on a two-game win streak. In the past two games, McCoy's seen 45 touches and has two touchdowns. So uh, I like McCoy, you know, probably hopefully finish at least respectable the rest of the season. I have another veteran running back on my sleeper play uh, list this week, Curtis. It's Doug Martin. Getting overlooked a little bit because that team's a mess, but Martin's actually fared pretty well as a starter since Marshawn Lynch went down with injury. He averaged just 76 total yards per game his last five. Not great numbers, but consistent. Scored his first touchdown of the season last week. Also had 72 total yards and three catches in that game. So Martin's doing pretty well. I think he's a pretty good flex play this week, especially since he plays the Chiefs. The Chiefs might have the best offense in football, but they might have the best, the worst defense in football. So. On the flip side of their great offense is a terrible defense, which bodes well for Martin. I think he'll get a lot of looks, has good total yardage potential in this game. I think he'll be a good flex play. Another uh, sleeper for me is Josh Doxson with uh, Washington. I know everybody's had high hopes for him in recent years. Hasn't lived up to the potential just yet, but he's been showing a little more of late. He's really emerged that number one target in the passing game. He had a season-high six receptions last week for 66 yards. It's been more involved in the offense, has at least three receptions, seven straight games, also has double-digit fantasy points, three of four. So he's been producing on the field for fantasy teams, gets a great matchup this week against Philadelphia, another team that's a mess, really struggled against the pass all year. They allow the second-most fantasy points to receivers. So I think Doxton could be a sneaky play as a number three receiver for fantasy teams. But now, Curtis, we're going to answer some questions from our uh, listeners and readers out there. So, first of all, if you ever want to send me a question, feel free to. I usually get them get to them most of the time unless I really get bombarded with questions. But for the most part, I will answer them and hopefully give you a good answer. And if you want to send me an email, send it to jeff at rtsports.com, or you can follow me on Twitter and send me a tweet. It's at Jeff Power, J-E-F-F-P-A-U-R. So now with that out of the way, Curtis, first question. So John writes, in a few of my leagues, we lock rosters when playoffs begin. In both leagues, defensive points are inflated. I currently own Baltimore and Minnesota. Minnesota's schedule is okay. Baltimore is not so friendly. Could you give me a few defenses you like coming down the home stretch? What do you think, Curtis? Yeah, I thought this is a really good question. Um, you know, two defenses that kind of pop up for me, uh, my my favorite is the Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, they're a pretty underrated defensive unit. Really favorable schedule coming up. they got two games against the Dolphins. 
uh, one against Jets, Lions. They do have one tough matchup against the Patriots, but um, kind of flying under the radar. They're currently ranked eighth overall in our defensive scoring, and they're only owned in 38% of leagues. So if they're available, you know, in a waiver option, then by all means, I think they deserve a look. And if for some reason not, I think the Colts uh, defense, you know, they've really started to come around the past few weeks. I think they're a good sleeper. Um, with some other good matchups also going on. They only have, I think, one tough game really against Houston, and I like them in the rest of those games. Yeah, Curtis, I like that Buffalo suggestion. I actually went through and looked at the playoff schedule for fantasy defenses, and I didn't really see one that stood out to me. I saw a lot of one-week streamers, but there wasn't one that had two great matchups that might have been the case in past years. So I don't mind if, if John just sticks with Baltimore, Minnesota, as his defense is here personally, because Minnesota's matchups aren't that bad. They play the Lions and Dolphins in the fantasy playoffs, so those are pretty good matchups, and that unit's playing a little bit better right now, so I might just roll with them personally, but I do like the Buffalo suggestion as well, Curtis. That unit's playing a lot better right now. So one question, Curtis. I got this one from a couple different users, and I guess it's a good problem to have. It's not a problem I have, but uh, the question is, Drew Brees or Jared Goff for this week? Yeah, um, it's pretty close. Um, I I probably give Breeze just a slightest nod um, with the matchup, and you know, really if you're nitpicking, then I'm gonna favor kind of the experience and just the overall year that Breeze is having. I mean, 76 completion percentage is unheard of. You know, 29 to two touchdown interception radio, uh, ratio. So. Um, I like Breeze a little better, but I don't think either is a bad option. Yeah, I agree. I say flip a coin. It's, uh, a lot of times if it comes to a, such a close decision like this, I tell the reader or uh, a listener, just go with your gut. If you have a gut instinct, go with it because this is really a close call. I mean, for me, I actually might go with Goff here. It's just it's extremely hard to bench Breeze, though. The guy's four touchdown games, four straight, so – I can definitely see a reason to start him, but I, I like Goff's matchup a little better against the Lions. They allow the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, Dallas really hasn't been tested this year by any really top-notch offenses, though, so I can see uh, Breeze's matchup probably not being as daunting as what some people might think of it on paper. But for me, I might lean Goff, but like you said, it's really a coin flip here. I, I think you can go either way. Another question, one from Jim Curtis. He has a receiver question. So he needs one of these three receivers in a standard league. T.Y. Hilton, Stefan Diggs, or Kenny Galladay? What do you think? Uh, yeah, another good one. Um, I think each receiver in general has been trending up the past couple weeks. Um, you know, Hilton, T.Y. Hilton is probably the most inconsistent. Uh, probably scares me the most, you know, with the matchup as well. So I don't. I would say no to T.Y. Um, I think Kenny Galladay is probably the safest option. He's the de facto number one receiver right now in Detroit uh, with Marvin Jones put on IR. So um, just by sheer volume, he could potentially, um, you know, get some get some looks and some targets. But um, personally, I, I'd probably lean towards Stefan Diggs. He's seen over 10 targets each of his past four games and has three touchdowns in that span. So... Um, I think, you know, it just has a higher ceiling overall, and I like to be a little more aggressive when you're kind of picking that number two receiver or flex play. Curtis, I think the bigger question for Jim is, 
who does he have at receiver besides these guys that he has to bench two of these guys? I mean, unbelievable. Holy cow. I wish I had this problem every week. I agree with you, though. Uh, I think Diggs would be my choice, too. But I would keep an eye on the practice reports. He has missed practice to start the week. I think they could just be resting him here, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And if he's at less than 100%, maybe a game-time decision, I might just roll with Galladay. But if he's healthy and playing, I think Diggs is a choice in this one. So George asks Curtis, he goes, which running back this week, Austin Eckler, James White, or Frank Gore? Yeah, uh, you had pointed out James White being on the cold list, and I totally agree, um, really, for all the reasons you mentioned, you know, just trending downward, Rex Burkett coming back, et cetera. Um, Frank Gore, you know, he's been respectful, you know, despite only one touchdown this season. That's kind of surprising. I thought he'd be very touchdown dependent, but um hasn't quite been the case. But I think he has a pretty low ceiling, you know, continues to share time with Kenyon Drake. So, um Drake is on the injury report, but seems to be on track to play. Uh, so personally for me, it seems, you know, I'd say it's pretty easy in my eyes. I think it's Austin Eckler. Um, just by sheer volume alone, you know, Melvin Gordon's going to miss this game. So that gives Eckler, um, a good bulk of the carries. Chargers don't really seem to be overly comfortable with any of their other options. So, uh, I think he's just going to get a lot of looks overall. I agree. I think it's a pretty easy choice here. I go with Eckler as well. Um, like you said, even if he doesn't run the ball great, Pittsburgh's got a decent rush defense. Eckler had double-digit receptions last week, so that's very encouraging to me. And Gorgeous doesn't catch the ball. And like I said about White earlier, he's a little bit cold right now, so I'd stay away from him. I think Eckler is a great choice uh, for George in Week 13. Last question, Curtis, comes from Freddie. He wants to know: uh, Should I start Philip Rivers or Dak Prescott? Yeah, uh, this one. You know, good questions, though. Or listeners so far, they're all pretty close. Um, I think I do lean towards Prescott a little more, though. Uh, I just like the matchup, uh, being at home, being involved in a potential shootout with the Saints. So could definitely see him throw more. Uh, Saints do have a better rush defense than a pass defense. So um, you know, besides the fact that the Cowboys will probably be throwing to catch up with the Saints, it's just a better matchup overall and. Um, Prescott, you know, he's been doing well. He came off a season high, 289 yards last week, and he has a rushing touchdown in each of his last three games, so that's kind of another small bonus you can throw in there. Yeah, Prescott's really turned it around from early in the season, showing me a lot. I think that Amari Cooper acquisition's been a good one for uh, Prescott, especially for his fantasy production. I, I actually think I might go with the Rivers here just because he's so dang consistent. He has multiple touchdowns every game this season. I don't like his matchup as much, but I actually think that could be a high-scoring game as well against Pittsburgh. So I might lean Rivers, think he might have a little higher ceiling, but I have no problem going with Prescott as well. This is another one just like the Goff-Breeze debate. I think it's a bit of a coin flip here. I think you can make a case for either of these guys, but that's how I feel. Curtis, I enjoyed it this week. I think this was a good podcast. I like taking the questions, and we might have to do that again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Totally down. They're a good, good, thoughtful question. So um, definitely interested to see what might come out in future weeks. I agree. I, uh, we got the best users in the business, and I, and I truly mean that. They're very knowledgeable, and I always enjoy interacting with them, just like I enjoy talking with you every week, Curtis. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the podcast once again. Good luck in your Week 13 games. Thanks. You as well, Jeff. And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Curtis for doing a great job on the podcast once again. And I want to wish everyone the best of luck in all their fantasy games in Week 13. This has been Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.